Hey family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone, your future is waiting, so prepare to move forward. Kings, 2 Kings chapter 2. I know you're hungry. We didn't take communion today, so I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do it quick. Uh, God gave me a lot, and I'm going to try to get through it. And I'm going to read a lot more than I normally do, but I think it'll be good for you to really uh, get this in you. And some of y'all haven't read your Bible this week anyway, so this is just going to fill in the gap. It's a non-judgmental church. <laughs> chapter 2. Second Kings. Hey, if you don't have it, don't worry. It's going to be on the screen. Here we go. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way to Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. He replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets of Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Other translations said that not only did they went up, but they drew near to Elisha. Do you not know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of prophets went and stood at a distance. Facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. He struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry land. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I'm taken up from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. They were walking along and talking together. Suddenly, a chariot of fire and of horses, fire appeared and separated the two of them. Elijah went up in a whirlwind. Elisha saw, he saw this and he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. He struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. And he struck the water, divided to the right and to the left. He crossed over. Verse 11, once again, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. 
I'm going to preach a message for the next few minutes called Don't Get Caught Up in the Hype. Tell somebody, don't get caught up in the hype. You can take your seats. The year for me was 1999. 1999. Some of y'all weren't even born yet. This is before they cleaned up Myrtle Beach. Ben, you remember this. This is when Myrtle Beach wasn't for families and, and golfers. This is when it was for those of us who, uh, yeah, we enjoyed the party a little bit. And um, I was there in 1999. And um, I remember across the street from the pavilion on the strip, there was this teen club called The Attic. Melly, I know you know about The Attic. Y'all don't look at me like that. Uh, we rolled up in The Attic. We were really excited because Myrtle Beach was hosting a phenomenon, um, someone who was so ahead of his time, um, who was really anointed to bring change uh, to communities everywhere he went. His name was Genuine. And <laughs> Genuine had come to town. We were so anxious, get it, to see him. And uh, we went, we went to, went to the conf- we went to conference. <laughs> Uh, to see uh, Genuine, and because I was a thug, uh, uh, and you guys seen my older pictures, I went um, as a protector for my sisters. No interest of my own, I was there. Um, that's my side of the story. Their side of the story was that I found my way to the front of the stage screaming, Genuine, Genuine. <laughs> Looked around, I was the only guy up there, but I was mesmerized. I was caught up in the hype. And uh the show continued. i never forget there was someone else who was with us. My cousin, more like my brother. I won't say his name because I don't want to embarrass him. His name is Jonathan John Hemingway. We call him JJ. And uh, the thing about the attic, people danced at the attic. It was a teen club. And uh, I remember one day JJ was dancing with this girl at the attic. And they were dancing. And she was very into it. She was dancing with them. And suddenly the girl was like, you know what? Uh, I, I desire to examine who I'm going to invest the next three minutes of my life with. So she grabbed JJ by the hand, this true story, pulled him into the light. Now this is the 90s, in the 90s glasses weren't cool. Steve Urkel ensured that. Now glasses are fashionable, I even wear a fake pair from time to time. Um, but back then it wasn't cool to wear glasses. She pulled JJ into the light, he had his glasses. True story, she looked at him, she said, oh nah. And she walked off and <laughs> Now, before we become too judgmental of this girl and of Genuine, for you, uh, Genuine may have been Sam Cooke, I got you, Gant. Uh, Genuine may have been Marvin Gaye, uh, David, uh, David Ruffin. Ain't nobody come to see you, Otis. I don't know who your Genuine was. Uh, but I don't want you to get lost in the context of this story so much that you miss the significance of what happened. What happened was that this girl, uh, she really, she was... Uh, more, let's see this, Uh, she was more careful, Um, she was more cognizant, she was more uh, vested in her future of three minutes than most of us are with three years, Um, to the fact that she was willing to pull her attachments into the light in order to examine it. And here's my question, how many of us are dancing to the song, dancing to the season? dancing to our unstable emotions and investing our time, our energy, and our emotions into something 
that if only we were pulled to the light, we would have an understanding that it's really hype. <laughs> um, this is really a metaphor to really show us what's taking place in this text with Elijah and Elisha. It's much more than just a story, ladies and gentlemen. This entire thing is what I like to call a spiritual transfer. And it's a glimpse into the season that I believe most of us are in. I believe that God has been setting you up for a spiritual transfer. Amen. I really believe this. I've been sensing it as I've been praying for it. I believe you didn't know it, Mike. You just thought you were going on with life as usual. You had no clue that you actually were on a collision course with destiny. And all along, God, who is the author of our faith, he's the, he's the author, he's the finisher. He is, he is the one who holds the book. He writes it, and he just decided to include you in it. God, who scripted this whole thing, has always been orchestrating and directing your path, even without you knowing it. That's how sovereign he is. You're life is like Fresh Prince. It's a rerun to him. He's already seen it before. And so everything that God has allowed to transpire in your life has been setting you up for this moment. (laughs) Now you're looking at me like that because you're like, man, I don't feel good about the moment I'm in. What if I told you heaven was rejoicing while you were crying? What if I told you that heaven was excited because it knew what was on the other side of what you're calling a trial? What you see as opposition is really an opportunity to choose and to prove who it is that you trust. Are you going to trust yourself? Are you going to trust a God who is in charge? He has been setting you up for a spiritual transfer. Elisha represents those of us who are grateful for what we've had, grateful for what we've seen, grateful for what we've experienced, but not quite satisfied with this level. I'm I'm talking about those of us who we've seen miracles, we've seen marriages restored, but we're ready to see blind eyes open. I'm talking about those of us who've seen our lives be transformed radically by the power of God, but we're ready to see him take the bucket in heaven and dump over his presence and revival into every college campus within a hundred mile radius. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm talking about us who are ready to see COVID cured and cancer dissipate, who's ready to see, come on, to see unity happen, especially in the state of South Carolina. We're ready for revival. And this is Elisha. Elisha. I'm reminded this morning as we did prayer, Melly brought up how how today actually marks the day of a brand new season. This is the beginning of fall. And those of us who know a little thing about history know that fall hasn't always been call fall. As a matter of fact, uh, fall, the word fall is actually pretty new. Um, for, for centuries and centuries and centuries, the season has been known as harvest. And so as you see things falling away from your life that God is allowing because the leaves that bring you life in the spring can take life from you in the winter if you don't let them go on time. God has been setting you up, not not just for the falling away of stuff, but for the gathering of stuff. Oh, man, you didn't hear what I just said. You're in the middle of harvest and don't know it. But this is my prayer, Lydia, and I know I've said this before for those of you who heard it. But my prayer has not been just for natural harvest. Now, I'm good, God, if you want to give me the private jet, that'll be great. That'll help me and make my life a lot more convenient. But I haven't really been praying for that lately. I'm not praying for natural harvest. I've been praying for supernatural harvest. I am tired of standing back and tolerating and just allowing the enemy to run rampant in my family, run rampant in my community, just do whatever he wants to on our campuses and in our school. The devil is a liar. I'm ready for a supernatural harvest. The Bible says these signs shall follow those who 
I'm ready to lay hands on the sick and watch them get up. I'm ready for doctors to get mad when I walk in because they ain't going to make no money. They ain't going to be able to treat. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm ready to see miracle signs and wonders. And here's Elisha. And he's saying, I'm, I'm grateful, God. But I'm not satisfied. I, I, I know that there's more, and I'm, I'm ready for revival. Our city needs revival. In case you didn't know, Haiti needs revival. Nigeria needs revival. Our world needs revival, but revival is a response to a cry. <laughs> oh, man. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen in the Bible God do a rescue without a people crying out. Moses was a response to a cry. Read your Bible. And so what if the revival that you've been waiting on is waiting on you to cry out? I don't need everybody. I just felt that. I need 50 people and a three-year-old that will just take 10 seconds and shout like you're ready for God to show up in your city. Show up in your neighborhood. Y'all ain't something like you're expecting something. I need revival, not church as usual. I need the power of God to show up. Spiritual transfer. But you have to be in position to receive it. And here's what I felt like the Lord told me to tell you in this room and those online. Is that you're exactly where God wants you to be. But Ruth, if you rush out in your own way, you'll miss what Naomi has for you. And I find it quite intriguing through the text that every time God is about to release something supernatural, there always seems to be natural resistance. Or, or it seems like the, the elements and the things of natural, they just start intensifying. Have you seen that? Look at Ruth. Look at Ruth. Everything in her life is pressing her to have the option of escaping the predicament that she's in. She's in a famine, so she's being pressed naturally. Her husband dies. She's being pressed naturally, but it's right on the horizon of a supernatural transfer. This ain't for everybody. I'm telling you, it's just for a few people that can catch it. What if I told you that the pressure you feel is actually the enemy trying to get you to retreat because he knows you're so close to receiving what you've been waiting. You're one press away. Did you know that God has something on his divine calendar that's been scheduled? (laughs) And so if the enemy can get you to quit, you got the option, Elisha. Stay here. It takes a certain level of resilience. (laughs) When you know that God... And he gives you this unquenchable appetite for a reason. And if you're not careful, it can be blurred with being discontent. But some of us have this, it's this holy appetite of, there's just something else. Just, and, and you get the promotion and it still don't fix it. Come on here. You get another boo and it just don't fix it. You get a faster car and it just don't fix it. It's because what you're trying to fix in the natural is actually supernatural. And I need you to prepare yourself for the transfer. The transfer. I wrote this down, that I can no longer allow what I feel to distract me or talk me out of what God wants to feel. 
Some of us have been missing an outpouring because of our feelings. And feelings are natural. But I can miss what he wants to feel by focusing on what I feel. And whatever I have to do, this is where I've just settled at, man. Whatever I have to do to bring my feelings, my flesh into submission, I got to do it. If I got to beat myself down, if I have to fast for 40 days, if I have to just turn myself away from everything that I think I like and hold on to the altar, if I have to be the one to initiate reconciliation with the one who did me wrong, I don't get no witnesses on this part right here. If I have to block somebody that my flesh desire but my spirit is rejecting, I got to do what I got to do because I cannot miss the transfer. We find Elijah in this text on this farewell tour. <laughs> he's going around making his, his final rounds, and he's prophetic enough to know that the countdown has begun. He's on his way out. And, and out of all of the places he could have visited, it's so interesting, man. You know you can't just read the Bible. You got you to gotta read the Bible. Out of all the places he could have visited, Disney World, Carowinds, Hopkins. So many places he could have been. He chose four locations because Elijah was a man on a mission. I thought it was interesting that over and over his wording remains the same to Elisha. He says this. I love this in the text. He, he understands that he doesn't, he doesn't have time to waste. He constantly says this. The Lord sent me. The Lord sent me here. The Lord sent me here. The Lord sent me here. And before I go any further in the text, I got to pause right here because, uh, you know, there's only two types of people. There are people who were sent and people who just went. And I hear me, especially single people, before you make another attachment, you need to ask them who sent you. And if you got to explain what you need, they ain't the one. If you got to, what you mean who sent me? You ain't the one. You ain't even... Who sent you? You were either sent or you just went. Went because you was offended. Went, went into a new relationship um, now just because you don't trust God to really give you who he told you he was going to give you. Went. I'm just going to decide this. Went to the wrong career because the opinions of social media matters more than God's opinion. And as long as you look good, you think you'll feel good. Elijah says, yo, yo, I, I was sent. I was, I was sent. And you, you got to make sure, you got to make sure, I'm telling you, you got to make sure that those who are around you are standing on a word from God. I'm telling this to people all the time. They're calling me up. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this, doing that. I'm, I'm just telling them, yo, I, and I stop apologizing. I used to be like, I don't want to be over spiritual. No, I'm sorry. You, you under spiritual. Listen, I just need to tell you. I just need to tell you, hey, you got to make sure you have a word from God because ain't no person, ain't no place, hear me, ain't no church perfect. And if you don't have a word from God, you want to fence away. Tell somebody, you better get yourself a word. 
Elijah said, I'm not just, I'm not just waking up and choosing where I'm going. My wife was practicing this, y'all, when she was 19. I thought she was crazy. I told Molly, I told Molly, I said, she was 19. I said, Molly, I said, yo, man, I, um, this is forever ago. I was like, yo, man, I, th- I think I found this dog. I, I think I love her. He was like, who? I was like, I was like, Jackie. It's 14 years ago, so it's like Jackie. He was like, you talking about crazy praises, Jackie? <laughs> Jackie used to be. I was like, is she praising God or is this a probate? <laughs> But that's what, you need somebody that'll outpraise you. You need somebody who you can look at and be like, uh-uh, let me, let me turn it up just a little. You can't be praying more than me. You can't be worshiping more. He been good to me too. You don't need somebody you got to drag. Come on, would you, would you help? Can you say grace today? You got the wrong one. If you're married, you know, stick it out. But if you're single... Yo, she was, on the real, on the real, she was 19, and we'd be on the phone, I'd be like, what you doing? And she's like, I'm praying and asking God what I should wear today. I just put on drawers and gym shorts, I don't even think about it, I just... I thought it was funny. But I didn't really understand that she was training her ear. So now when God give her words that seem big to people, she's been walking with them long enough to hear them. The first thing you going to hear ain't to start this multi-million dollar business. You ain't on a big word, but you won't even hear them for the small words. Come on here. You better start training your ear. Come on, for the simple things. What should I eat today? What? And here's Elijah. Elijah said, I dare not just wake up and choose my location. I'm not just going to choose my major. I'm going to choose who I date. I ain't going to just choose where I work. I'm a, if I got to find me a mentor that can help me here, I'm, I, I got to do something to make sure that I'm living on a word from God. And Elijah says here that he was sent. He said, I was sent. Now, all the places he could have been sent, God chose four locations. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. Hmm. So, So the last four places Elijah goes, the first four places Joshua go. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. So in the Bible, <laughs> this is significant. Maybe this represents transfer. Because this marked the handoff from Moses to Joshua. <laughs> and now... Here is Elijah passing the mantle to Elisha. 600 years later. 
So I had to look them up. Y'all know me, I'm nosy, and I got to ask the book questions. Gilgal actually means this, circle of stones. It was a place where Joshua went, and this is in Joshua chapter 5, where he went, and before they even marched into Jericho, um, and before they even crossed the Jordan, they go to Gilgal. Now, here's what happens at Gilgal. They have a circumcision with grown men. That's fun, right? And they, they, have, they observe the Passover. And here's what I believe. I believe all four of these locations, I'm moving through this really quick, are places of testing. Gilgal is a test of cutting. What will you allow God to cut? Isn't it interesting that everywhere Elisha goes, there's noise? Everywhere he goes, there's a report from spiritual people. <laughs> 50 prophets. Hey, you know, you know. Elijah's about to, you know, he about to, he about to go. Yeah, I know. Be quiet. And you know, you know, this is it, right? Elijah about to go. Yeah, yeah, I know. Be quiet. I, I was reading it. I said, well, he had a hush anointing. Why he kept? <laughs> why he kept putting everybody on mute? Maybe Elijah knew something they didn't. <laughs> Maybe. They were there to see something, but he was there to receive something. They wanted a selfie. He wanted a transfer. And the one thing that's going to mess up, I'm telling you, what God wants to deposit is you getting caught up in the hype. Here's Elisha, and he says, yo, God is doing, I feel something shifting. That's what you've been feeling. You haven't been, I, I'm telling you, God sent me here to diagnose something. To, and it ain't for everybody. Yeah, I just came to tell you, you ain't crazy. You've been feeling something spiritual. That's why when you sit down trying to explain it to non-spiritual people, I don't know, God keeps showing me something. They're like, you weird. No, man, God has been trying to get your attention because he's trying to get you to stop. He's trying to deliver you from the spirit of settling. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm going to leave that alone, but I just, I felt the push on that. And Elisha's here, and he's like, y'all be quiet. Y'all, they, all they're talking about is what's about to leave. Oh, man. I'm sorry, y'all. This is deciding me. I'm just, this for me and my wife. All they're talking about is what's about to ascend. They ain't nobody talking about what's about to descend. You got to be real careful when you get connected to people that can only talk about right now. Did you know what they did? Did you know what they said? I need you to hush because while you're talking about now, I'm listening for next. God showed me that something's on the way. You might be satisfied with where you at, but God's about to drop something. If I'm preaching to you, I need you to take five seconds. So, and so, these people are caught up in the hype. They're caught up in the hype. And here's Elijah. He says, I, God sent me to Gilgal, the place of cutting. Because Elisha, before you get trusted with elevation, you got to pass the test of separation. Everybody shout about he taking me up. But before he trusts you to go up, he forced you to trust him to move them out. <laughs> Place of cutting. Bethel, house of God. This is a test of commitment. 
Here, both Elijah and Elisha are both going through transition. <laughs> they're, they're both en route to another dimension. And their position matters. And Elijah, I saw he keeps giving Elisha the opportunity, hear me, to stop progressing. He keeps, I, I want to give it to you just in a way that you can digest. He keeps giving him an opportunity to be comfortable. I don't know if you really want this, Elisha. So you could choose to be comfortable right here. And there's so many spirit-filled, blood-bought, Bible-toting, tongue-talking believers who are way too comfortable to receive anything. I'm going to leave it alone. I know you're comfortable because... The fact that you don't pray is your declaration of independence. I know that you're comfortable because you're waiting on God to do something in the heavenly that you refuse to do in the natural. No, I'm going to stop. No, I'm going to stop. I don't want to offend nobody. No, 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 no. That's enough. No, 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 no. But Elisha was committed. Like Ruth, he refused to leave. He was committed. And Elisha, if you're out of position, man, man, can I tell you something? That, that's probably more what the enemy has been trying to do with you than everything else. You, you think it's this. You think it's people don't like you. And you think nobody understands you. And you think everybody using you. And you think they, no, 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 no. That, that, all that stuff is superficial. It's really deeper. The enemy has been trying, Elisha, to get you out of position. Because if I can get you out of position, I can get you to miss promotion. And so Elisha has a resilience. He has, some, he, he has a stick to itness. He, he refuses to depart from his place because he knows God has showed him something. The test of commitment. Uh, hey, are you committed to anything? No, for real. Are you committed? I don't, I'm, listen, I, I want everybody who here to come back. But, but do you just go to church to go to church? Or are you committed? Do you just pull up just to receive and, and know that somebody on your road is going to cover expenses? Or are you committed? Are you committed? Are you committed? So, someone, we, we did a, a, a thing um, a few weeks ago with the friends, and, and they asked my wife the question. And I forgot the question, but her answer was brilliant. And her, this was her answer. <laughs> Her answer, uh, it was something about why does she live for God, right? And why does she choose God? And her answer was so beautiful. She was like, I, like, I dare not ask him. This, I'm going to paraphrase. But she said, I dare not ask him to be committed to me. If I want first, be committed to him. And there's so many of us who are just waiting on God. God, please show up. And God's like, you show up. God, if you could just save my stepdaddy. He said, you. 
the same power that got me up. Committed. Next, Jericho. Test of cutting, test of commitment. It's, Jericho means the place of fragrance. And here's what I think happens there. It's a test of consecration. For those, any of you who read Joshua, something interesting happens. They win Jericho, the walls fall down. They march around it 13 times, the walls fall down. The next battle was a very small city called AI, uh, really close to Bethel. And so they had a camp uh, near Bethel, and this is where Bethel showed up. But it's interesting where, that they lose the, the battle that was supposed to be easy for them. The reason they lost that battle is because God says, out of all the cities, you can have everything in every city, but Jericho belongs to me. There's one man named Achan who takes something, he takes the tithe, he takes something away that isn't his, that belongs to God. And, and God will always test your consecration. He'll always make you put your money where your mouth is. He'll, it's one thing to come in here and give him lip service. I love you, Jesus. But then, but then we don't choose him, right? And so, and so God says, I'm going to let you go through a test of consecration. Now, here's what happened, and we found in the text. I'm going to give this to you really quickly. The company of prophets, they did three things. You can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. The Bible says in verse 3, Look at it. It's crazy. The first thing it describes the prophets is doing, it says they came out to see Elisha. Verse 5 said they went up to see Elisha. Verse 7 says they stood back and watched. So they came out, they went up, they stood back. They came out and went up and they stood back. Now here's what's interesting about this. The, the Bible is so explicit in this, y'all. This thing really blessed me. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to get out of your way. From a distance, they're watching a transfer happen. Nowhere in the Bible did it say they were uninvited. <laughs> so they came out, and they went up, but then they stood back. And other translations say they came out, they drew near, and they stood back. And some people are so satisfied with just spectating. And I know you are because you spend more time looking at other people's posts than you do standing on your own post. And so your family falling apart, but you're so good. Just thumb, just thumb, just, just, your thumb so strong. If we played thumb war, I declare you will crush everybody because all you do is thumb exercises all day. I'm just sick of you. Double tap, thumb. Just spectating. And here now, they're standing back, and from a distance, here it is. I'm about to rock out. You got to catch this. You know, I'm telling you, God, some of this is so cool. From a distance, it looked like the fire did more than it actually did. And I always thought this, right, because I've read this before. I thought, you know, from a distance, it looked like the fire lifted him. But read your Bible. The fire didn't lift Elijah. You had to be close enough to really see what was happening. The fire did something. But the fire just hyped. And there's a generation who was caught up in the hype. Yo, them shoes fire. Them graphics, dog. Them graphics fire. That purse fire. Everything, bye. <laughs> but fire can't lift you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Moses, the fire gets your attention, burn a bush, but, but it ain't the fire that split the Red Sea. Read your Bible. It's the wind. So the Bible says the horses and the chariots of fire came. They separated Elijah and Elisha. But the fire didn't lift them. The wind lifted them. And there are so many people who are caught up in what you can see in the distance. Living your life through the lenses of somebody else's life. They look happy. They look like they got it. And now you have found yourself depressed and, and just subdued by discontentment. Ain't nothing God do for you. It's good enough because you see everybody else is fire. And God wants you to know today, get your eyes off the fire and get close enough to catch the wind. Oh, my God. What is the wind? The wind is his presence. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, then... We waiting on the move for God, but we standing too far back, sir. You look at that, how he using everybody else. Man. I remember, I remember, I was watching, and you know this because you're from there, but I, I was watching my, uh, my friend Michael Todd, and I was like, man, they like, man, that look fun. They got everything. You got spacesuits, this guy. You got everything. Boy, if I had, they got a lot. Like, God, just new book? Dang, he just. <laughs> so I hit him up one day, and I was like, yo, God told me to come. And I walked in, Pastor LeBron standing there. He said, God told me to come. And we walked around, and from a distance, it looked like fire. But before they said three, two, one, action, Mike Todd was walking and praying in the Holy Spirit. Then they messed around and gave his mama the microphone. And I said, she sound like my mama. And I looked at my wife. I said, oh, it ain't hype. It looked like fire from my phone. But there's a wind in Tulsa. And I just felt the power of God tell me to tell y'all, there's a wind coming to Atlanta. There's a wind coming to Greensboro, Kendall. There's a, it's going to look like hype from a distance. But when people get close enough, they're going to say, there's something different about you. And I don't, why do I feel lighter? Because you get lifted. Because there is a presence. I ain't just here for the hype. I ain't coming to preach to everybody. Give me 10 people that I say, I'm ready for the wind. I'm, I'm, he said, if my people, he said, if you will wait on the Lord, come on. He'll give you wings like eagles. They shall mount up on wings. This time the sword in the wind, but it only happens when you get close enough. The Bible says the fire came, but it was caught up in the whirlwind. It wasn't the height. Fire is visible, but wind is felt. I need wind. I'm, t- I'm just, I'm at a place in my life. I don't even need friends if you ain't carrying wind. I, I need wind. I need people that can speak life into. I, I need wind. I need something a little more than just something that can massage my flesh. And you might, are you giving me stuff that sound good to me, but it ain't taking me nowhere. I've been at this level too long. I need somebody to shout. I need the wind. 
trying to leave this point alone. Ezekiel sees the dry bones. The Bible says he marched back and forth. He's looking at them. And nothing happens until he speaks to the wind. That's all. You've been, all you need is a wind. But it, it's for those who have the audacity to get close. I know that church hurt you and you think it's justification for you finding the last row. And I'm just going to sneak in. I don't want nobody to know my name. I ain't even, I ain't trying to trust folks no more. And God says, from back there, you'll see the fire. But you got to get committed. You got to get cut a little bit. You got to get consecrated enough to catch the wind. I'm telling you, I believe there's a spiritual transfer. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. There's a spiritual transfer coming to your life, but you got to catch the wind. You, you got to get, you got to get out of the place of convenience. You got to, man of God, you got to rise up and say, ask for me in my house. I know you feel hurt, baby. I know it's hard for us to trust, but we, I can't just sit here and just look at you. And I can't just sit here and look at Facebook. I got to catch the wind. After you catch the wind. The last place, Elisha, the Jordan. The test of crossing. Cutting, commitment, consecration, crossing. He says, now it's time to cross over. Here's where I read that blew my mind. I never saw this before. It's going to sound so elementary to you, but it was good to me. He receives a mantle, double portion. He can just skip and just put it in the air, wave your hands in the air. I got the mantle. The Bible says he goes back to the same Jordan that he just walked across in dry land. Struck it. The double portion doesn't mean anything if you don't strike again. It's time to strike again. It's time to strike again. Don't let nothing and no one intimidate you from striking. God says, I place too much in you for you to stand back on reserve. It's time to strike. It means nothing if you don't strike. It don't matter if you received it, if you don't use it. God says, I've deposited something in you. The test of crossing. Time. This is what I just heard the Lord say. It's for somebody. I didn't even see this when I studied it. But the Jordan is where he just left. And I just heard the Lord. This ain't for everybody, this is for somebody. The Lord says, I've been calling you to go back. I don't even know who it's for, and I don't know what it means for you but there's some wrongs that you need to make right. He says, this next strike is actually back. Back at the place you were hurt. Back to the one who dropped you. And if that's just a simple text saying, I forgive. I know sometimes saying, I forgive you is prideful. You need to say, forgive me. Even if you don't know what you did, that'll humble you right there. 
that forgive me text, boy, that thing, you talking about circumcision, that thing hurt. When you know you didn't do nothing, go back to the Jordan. And then cross over. Cross over. Get over it. Get over it. You're not going to move in the double portion if you don't get over it. You're not going to move in the new transfer if you don't get over it. And God is saying to you, I have done too much for you to sit on me. For you to relax. And I felt while I was preparing this, the Lord told me he wanted to, and y'all know me. I only do this when I feel pushed to do it. And I don't mean to scare any visitors. But the Lord told me to pray for some people. I'm going to pray for some people. There's a few people I'm, I'm specifically supposed to pray for. And then I pray for others. But I, I want the Snyder family to come up. I really felt the Lord told me to pray for you guys. That what you experienced. And I, I stood there. And I told our team. It wasn't, it wasn't normal. What you experienced was a, was a transfer. Was a transfer. Was a transfer. And I told you that as we were standing at the hospital that you received. Heaven never, hear me, heaven never received something without releasing something. Heaven never received something without releasing something. Here's what happens in the text the fire comes and it causes separation. With Elijah and Elisha. But the same fire is a fire that activates Elisha. It's what causes the cloak to fall. The wind takes them up. The fire sends the cloak. And I really, I felt this. I felt like the Lord wanted Mom, would you come up? Especially and pray for Mom Linda. You, st- you stood, Mom Lisa, you stood in her shoes when my dad died in 1989. First thing Seth told me when I walked in the hospital. Well, he told his dad. His dad was laying there. He said, Dad, you're, you're meeting Travis' dad. <laughs> That's the very first thing he said. I'll never forget that. But you guys are special. And not just the immediate kids, the daughter-in-laws. You guys are the carriers of the legacy. Like God selected Mary, he, he chose y'all to carry something special. Church, would you stretch your hands up this way if you're not? If you want to stand, that'll be great too. But just stretch your hands up this way. Hey, something so cool happens in the Bible with Elisha. The Bible says, further along in his ministry, 2 Kings chapter 4, I believe, um, he, he rose up on this widow. <laughs> he rose up on a widow, and he comes to her, and she says, I need a miracle. And he says, what do you have left in your house? What do you have left in your house? She says, nothing but a small jar of olive oil. Long story short, God uses that to perform a miracle. It's not just about who left. She comes to him talking about her husband left. Daddy left. It's not about who left. It's about what's left. Those journals you found are significant. It's about what's left. You guys are carrying a double portion. The wind took him up. The fire dropped a mantle. If you pray in the spirit, would you help me? Come on, lift it up. Lift up the song. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about, pray this simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. 
I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me forever from the inside out. I'm saved. I am different. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you, and you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.